In John chapter 10, verse 1, verily, verily, I say unto you. Anytime Jesus said verily, verily, there's something he wants to get our attention on. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow. He will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I want to talk about the art of listening for a few moments this evening. When you look in the word of God, Jesus said, he that hath ears, let him hear. Eight times in the gospels, eight times in the book of Revelation, we're reminded that it's not enough just to have ears. We need ears that indeed will, will listen and that we will use them wisely and that we will use them often. Jesus repeated this phrase over and over again, he that hath ears, let him hear. It's not that we don't have ears. It's often that we do not use our ears to be tuned in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of voices in this world. You think, well, Pastor, you're crazy. Your voice is absolutely. If you'd bring a radio in here and you turn it on an FM dial, there's all kinds of voices in this room you can't hear without that FM receiver. And as you scan it, you're bringing in all kinds of voices from talk radio to rap to bluegrass to gospel to rock and roll to God only knows what comes in across those airways. But you've got to be tuned in to the right frequency. It's not that God is not talking. God is talking, but too many times people are not listening to hear the voice of the almighty God. So again, it's not that we don't have ears. It's sometimes we just don't use them, spiritually speaking. And I believe tonight that God, uh, Scripture rather, has placed a premium, has placed a high importance upon the fact that we as Christians need to hear, listen to and hear the voice of the Almighty God. Now in the Old Testament, the great command from God through Moses began with these words, Hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Nehemiah and his men were commended because they were attentive to the book of the law, the Scripture says. Proverbs 8, 34, happy are those who listen to me. And Jesus urges us to listen as sheep are were encouraged to listen to the voice of their shepherd. And when that sheep would listen to the voice of their shepherd, they would not tally off and follow some other shepherd along the way. The sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. Remember our original text this evening when we read, the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Now, each of the seven churches in the book of Revelation is addressed in the same manner. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Our ears, unlike our eyes, do not have lids. Our lids can close our eyes, but our ears do not have lids. They need to be open, and they need to be open so they can only hear, but they can listen to what the Spirit of God is trying to say uh, to his people today. They remain open not to be closed. A few, I guess it was Saturday. I went to the hospital in the evening to visit some of the people of the church that was there. I knew where a couple of the patients were, but I went up to the man behind the desk and I asked for such and such name. And he said, he's on the eighth floor room, blah, 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 blah. He got right, right down. I said, no, 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 I got it right here. I got it right here. So I go to the eighth floor and I go to the wrong room. 
You see, I heard, but I didn't listen. And there are many times we hear, but we really do not listen to what we need to do. Pilate did not listen uh, to the Lord. He had classic ears that would not work, would not hear. Not only did his wife warn him about Jesus Christ by saying, see that you have nothing to do with this righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the very word of life stood before him in his chambers and said this, for this purpose I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to testify the truth. Everyone is of truth, listens to my voice. But Pilate had selective hearing. He heard, but he would not listen. He heard the voice of his wife, but he obeyed the crowd. He heard the voice of Jesus, but he obeyed the crowd. He heard the voice of his conscience, but he obeyed the crowd. As a matter of fact, the Bible lets us know that he had selective hearing. He allowed the voices of the people to dominate the voice of the Lord, and he ignored the message of the Messiah. And the Bible said in Luke 23, 23, they were instant where the Lord, uh, where the, uh, the loud uh, requiring that he might be crucified and the voice of them of the chief pilots prevailed. The voices of them and the chief pilot prevailed. Crucify him, crucify him. But he heard Jesus' voice, but he didn't listen. He heard his wife's voice, don't mess with him, but he wouldn't listen. He heard his own conscience, but he wouldn't listen. He listened to the voice of the crowd. It's easy for us to listen to the voice of of popularity. It's easy for us to listen to what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is doing. But I'm going to tell you, the God that I serve is a personal God, and he and I can have a relationship together where he can speak to me as a father speaks to the son, and a son can speak to the father. Ah, he's the great shepherd. I'm the sheep of his pasture, and he speaks to me. Amen. He can speak to you. He wants to speak. But yet in this world, the media and the secularists and the humans think, God speaks to you, Ooh, you're crazy. Well, 45, 50 years ago, they would have been the crazy ones. Amen. They would have been the crazy ones. We serve a God that speaks. I believe it was Dan Rather many years ago interviewed Mother Teresa. And if memory serves me correctly, he said, what do you do, Mother Teresa? You get out of bed and morning. oh, I pray, first thing I pray. Well, what do you tell God? I listen. Well, what did God tell you? He listens. I loved it. And that's what it's all about. We think prayer is gimme, 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 bless me, bless me, bless me, do, 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 go, go, go. But man, there's an art to listening in the presence of God. There's an art to listening to the presence of God. In Pilate, he inclined his ear to the crowd. He turned his ear away from Jesus. He ignored the message of the Messiah. The Bible says faith comes from hearing. And since Pilate never listened and never heard, he had no faith. Let him who has ears hear, use them. How long has it been since you and I have undertaken a spiritual hearing test? Have we ever taken a hearing test? Let me offer a couple of questions to you this evening, if I may. See how well we listen to the voice of God. How long has it been since you let God have you? I mean, since you really let God have you. When is that last time that you've given him a portion of your life that you could listen to that uninterrupted voice of the Holy Spirit within your life? Apparently, Jesus did. The Bible said he made deliberate effort to spend time with his father. Spend time reading about the listening habits of Jesus Christ, and you will see a brand new picture of who Jesus Christ really is. The Bible lets me know he spent regular time with God praying and listening. 
Mark tells us, and in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and prayed there for a time. If Jesus, the Son of God, the sinless Savior of the world, deemed it necessary to get along in prayer, to listen to the voice of his Father, how much more do you and I need to do that today? Not only did he spend time in prayer, he also spent time in the Word. Now, we don't see in the Bible where Jesus carried a leather-bound, red-letter edition of the Word of God. We don't see that. But we do see that when Jesus Christ went into the wilderness, led of the Holy Spirit, he listened to the voice of God. He was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And while he was there, he, he, for 40 days he fasted. And for 40 days he prayed. And not one time do I hear that God spoke to him. But in that time of prayer and fasting, it was the voice of the devil he heard. Not once, not twice, but three times. You're a lady, okay? He heard the voice of the, whole, of, of the devil. But every time the enemy came upon him like ugly bone on the ape, Jesus went back to the word of God. And he said, it is written. He was familiar with the word of God to the point that he just didn't know it. He knew how to use it. It's not just enough to be a hearer of it, but to be a doer of it. He knew how to hear the word and he knew how to appropriate the word, but he knew how to apply the word. He didn't argue the devil. He simply said, it is written, get behind me. There was authority in the word of God. Let me say it again. The word of God coming out of your mouth and the word of God coming out of my mouth mixed with faith is as powerful as if they were coming out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. It's the word of God. It's not you, it's not me, it's the word of the living God. Notice also, if Jesus was familiar with the word of God, shouldn't you and I be familiar with the word of God? We must have ears to hear the voice of God. And to do that, we've got to find two habits that Jesus had and try to emulate those. And those two habits were simply this. He himself had habits of prayer and Bible study. When Jesus went into the synagogue, it was the time they took the, the scroll and handed it to him and he went through the book of Isaiah. Now back in those days, they had two scrolls. They would, they, would, they would wind them out. He knew exactly where Isaiah was and he got there the word and he said, now he began to say to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus thought it was wise to be familiar with God's word, how much more do we? Listening to God's voice is a firsthand experience. I want that to sink in. I thank God for good Christian books. I thank God for good Christian teaching. I thank God for radio and Christian television and for all the gifts that are out there and all the body of Christ that God has gifted to write, to sing, to preach, and to teach. We get those tapes, we get all that, and thank God for it. But brothers and sisters, nothing or no one should take my place in listening to God for me. And nothing or no one should take God's place for listening to God for you. We need to know God personally. I don't need to read other people's writings for God to speak to me. I don't need other people's sermons for God to speak to me. I don't need other people's singing for God's, but, but he uses that. Let me illustrate. When I married my wife 40 some years ago, we were married. We were supposed to go on a honeymoon. How dumb would it have been if I walked with my mom and dad and said, honey, you stay home, I'll take your mom and dad with me because they know you better than I do. And I'm going to spend a week with your mother and father. You stay home and clean the house and, and get ready before I come back home. 
But I'm taking your mom and dad because they've been with you for 22, 22, 21, 20 years. Don't tell, I forgot how old she was and got married. Premier years it was, and they know you well. And we're going to go out and we're going to go to this condo and we're going to have breakfast here and we're going to have a grand time and we're going to sit down and going to tell me everything they can about you. How dumb would that be? It is true they knew her better at that point. But we're on the honeymoon and I got to know her and talk to her and learn about her. And it's never changed from that day to now. It's a firsthand experience. But yet sometimes we get saved and we want to take somebody else on the honeymoon. We want to take some other book, some other teaching tape. And those are all good, but friend, they cannot be secondhand experiences. We need to hear God's voice ourselves in person. That's what he wants us to do. Does that make sense? Perhaps some of us have tried to have daily quiet time with the Lord. And maybe we've not been very successful in it. We may have a difficult time concentrating on the Word of God. You ever get to reading sometimes and go, I don't even want to read it. You ever have that problem? I do. You ever go to, go to pray and your mind begins to wonder? You go to sleep? Those things happen. Another problem that we have is the fact that we're so caught and picking busy in our day that sometimes it's hard to make time, to find time, to be alone with God. But you know, we find time to do what's important. I'm going to make a bold statement and don't get mad at me because you know it's truth. If we're too busy for God's word, we're too busy. And the acronym for busy, B-U-S-Y, brought under Satan's yoke. Make sense? Brought under Satan's yoke. We ought to build our day around God and not build God around our day. It's extremely important that we spend time with the Lord We want to go to somebody's book, somebody's sermon, somebody's tapes, and, and, and let me let, let listen to their voice. Let, 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 we want to let other people spend time with God, and we'll hear what God's speaking to them, and that, that way he's speaking to us. That's what we want to do. After all, that's what we pay the preacher for. We pray the preacher to study and to listen and tell us what God's saying. That's good, but friend, he wants a relationship with every one of us. He wants every one of us to hear his voice and what's going on, not to benefit from their experience. Let me tell you something, friends. If that is all we read as Christian books and not the Bible, we're getting secondhand information. If we read other people's devotions, we're getting secondhand information. As wonderful as it is, it's secondhand information. If that's your philosophy, that's your practice, if that's your spiritual experience, our secondhand and firsthand, let me, let me confront you with this thought. Do you do that with other parts of your life? Do you let other people do secondhand stuff for you? We don't do that on vacations. What well, we say, man, vacation, I love them, but it's a hassle. I don't like packing. I don't like congestion on the highway. I don't like driving. I don't like the airports. I don't like the lines. I'm going to let Charlie take my place, and he's going to go to Hawaii for me. I'll just read the brochure. He can have all the fun. You're not going to do that because you want the firsthand experience of the sounds and the sights and the smells and the food and everything else that's going on in life. Certain things no one can do for you. It only has to be experienced firsthand. We don't do that when we eat. We don't say, man, chewing food's such a hassle. What do I bother? My jaws get so sore when I eat that steak. I just get so aggravated about it, it drives me crazy. I think I'll hire somebody to chew my steak for me 
And then once they get it good and gooey and soft, I'll eat it. Now, that friend, that is, that is yucky. I mean, that's just, I hope it don't throw up on me. But how silly. But we do the same thing with the Word of God, church. We depend on somebody else to chew up God's Word and eat it and digest it and give it back to us when the whole time God is saying, I want you to know my Word. I want to give you my Word. I want to speak to your heart. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want you to listen to my voice. There are certain things nobody can take her place in doing. It's something that we have to do on our own. I remember before I was a Christian, we used to go to the movies on Friday, Saturday nights, a bunch of old boys. We was on old Volkswagen, four of us, and I was in the back seat. It was the intermission time. Remember the intermission times when they, they stopped the film, let you go get something at the concession stand, and back then you could afford it, and come back and they start. And I said, I got to go to the restroom. One of the old boys in the front seat said, go for me. I said, okay. So I come back about 10 minutes later, and I slapped him right beside the head. He said, what was that for? I said, you weren't about to go. There are just certain things you got to do for yourself. Are you following me? When it comes to the Word of God, there are certain times we've just got to do it with God. Listening to God's firsthand experience. When God asks for our attention, God does not want us to send a substitute he wants us, friends. He invites us to vacation in his splendor. He wants us to feel the touch of his hand, to feast at his table, and he wants to spend time with him. I shared this before. I'm going to repeat it. When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I begged God, I want to hear your voice. God, I cannot live this thing. I can't walk this thing until I know your voice. Nightly, daily, God, let me hear your voice. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I kept praying, I kept praying. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. And finally, one night in prayer, my sheep know my voice. God, I want to hear you. What? My sheep know my voice. That's cool. Is it that simple? When I went to preach my first sermon, God, I am scared. Are you going to be with me? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God, I can't do this on my own. I'm scared. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of a sound mind. That's the voice of God. But I thought it was going to be something a whole lot different. Friend, this is the word of God. This is the voice of God. And it's through this word that we receive the power, the clarion call. And there are times you don't have a word for what you need in this book. But if you've learned the voice of the shepherd, when I resigned the last church I had, and I knew I was going to have a sabbatical, and I was in prayer, fasting, 21-day fast, 13-day of the fast. The Spirit of God spoke in my heart and said, new life. That's all he spoke was new life. To which I said, no, God, no. Please, not new life, new life. That's all it took, new life. And I knew exactly where we were going. Prior to that, I was pastoring in North Carolina. And I said, God, I, I've done all I can do. I was on three radio programs a week. I was on an hour TV program a week. I mean, things were going well. We had built the church up two different times. It went back down because I thought IBM stood for I've been moved. I mean, they had job transfers like you would not believe. And we built the church up two times. And I was so discouraged. And I was again praying and fasting. I said, God, what do I do? Where do I go? Doors don't seem to open. And God said, faith assembly. And I knew faith assembly was in Virginia and I knew it had gone through two splits in three years. I said, dear God, no, not another one. 
And that's exactly where we went. You see, it didn't say in here in, in 1 Jeff chapter 5 and verse 10, go to Salem, Virginia, or go to New Life Assembly. It's when you get to know the voice of God. Amen. He speaks to you, and when he speaks, will not contradict this book. Does that make sense? He wants to speak to our hearts. Beloved, we need to learn to listen to God's voice. Now, it's not, it's not an impossible task, but it does require, I believe, a certain amount of discipline within our own lives from time to time. Equipped with the right tools, we can learn to listen to the voice of God. Now, what then are those tools? How do we learn? Well, let me share about three things that I think has helped me through the years. First of all, a regular time and a regular place. Make time for God in your daily life. Again, build God around your day. Don't build your day around God. Select a slot in your schedule. Select a place where you can spend time with the Lord. For some of us, we may do our best with God in the morning. Psalmist said, in the morning, my prayer uh, comes before you. Others may prefer the evening to spend time with God just as David did. He said here, uh, let my praise be like the evening sacrifice. And then there's others may prefer encounters with God all day long. Apparently that was the author of the Psalm 55 did. He wrote, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out. Evening, morning, and noon. I cry out. We see Daniel. He did basically the same thing. He'd open up his window towards Jerusalem and he'd cry out to God often as he could. And I think that's important. Where do we pray? Some of our best prayer times used to be traveling to work in the car. I had a 25-minute drive. Man, I sought God all the way down that road and all the way back in the evenings. And then at night before I went to bed, I got on my knees on my bed and I cried out to God. The times I'd go to the mountains and found some of my best times of praying. When it come to Bible study, during my lunch break, I found me a place to sit all by myself and open the Bible for 30 minutes. I'd read the Word. In the evenings, I had a place I'd go. It's, 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 friend, it's find a place. Find a place where you can go and be with God. Sometimes people, they pray riding down the road in the car. Some will pray in the shower while they're getting ready. Uh, some will go to the living room and sit and read in their, in their lounge chair. Uh, some will get on their knees in, 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 in the bedroom or in their living room and they'll pray and cry out to God. It's not the position of the body, it's the position of the heart. But have a place that you meet with the Almighty God and allow Him to speak to you. Someone said, how long should I pray, Pastor? My answer is, as long as it takes. As long as it takes. Value quality over length. Your time with God should last long enough for you to say what you need to and long enough for Him to say what He needs to. Too often we pray till we get done praying what we want to say and we often don't let God say what he wants to say to us. Which leads to the second tool that I think we need every day and that's simply this, that's read the Bible. Oh, Pastor, that's so simplistic, isn't it though? God speaks in a variety of ways but primarily he speaks to us through the word of God. The first step in reading the Bible is to ask God help us to understand it. As the Holy Spirit moved upon holy men of old to give us the word, the same Holy Spirit can move upon us as we read and interpret and apply that word. We can't go into the word of God with this old noggin because we're going to interpret the wrong way. But if we go in with the mind of Christ and let the Holy Spirit lead us, he can speak. The Bible said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Before you begin reading the Bible, I want you to stop and say, Lord, this is your word, your holy word to me. Cleanse my heart and my mind for any sin or any wrongdoing. 
And Lord, open my spiritual ears to hear, my spiritual eyes to see. And Lord, reveal to me your word to my life. Don't just go to the scripture looking for an idea. Don't go for scripture trying to find a proof text. Don't go to the scripture trying to make doctrine up. Read it prayerfully and read it carefully. Because God wants us to know the will of the Lord. Jesus said, search and you will find. God commends those who delight in the law of the Lord. And in the law, he meditates day and night. The, mag- the Bible is not a magazine to be skimmed. The Bible is a mind to be queried. It's not just a milk to drink. It's meat to eat. And God wants us to know what it's all about. If you seek her as silver and search for her as the hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Proverbs 2, 4, and 5. Study the Bible just a little at a time. God seems to send his messages to us the same way he sent manna in heaven upon the nation of Israel. Just enough provision for the day. (laughs) Think about it. If we just enough, hey, I didn't get like this beating one meal, okay? Nor did you. It's every day been faithful. And the same thing is true when it comes to the word of God. We eat a day, a daily portion of God's word. We just eat it. One day's portion. He gives a command here. He gives a command there. He gives a rule here. He gives a rule there. He gives a lesson here. He gives a lesson over there. Choose depth over quality, quantity. Read one verse of scripture. Just keep reading until a verse of scripture hits you. And that verse of scripture hits you. Go, wait a minute. Okay, God, there's something here I believe you want to tell me. So you take that scripture and you begin to meditate. It might be two scriptures you've read all day long. But that one scripture here, you meditate upon that scripture. Digest that scripture. Think about it. Write it upon uh, your journal. Write it in the Bible. Underline your Bible. Write it on, and put it on the mirror of your refrigerator. Something to keep that scripture before you until that thing becomes part of who you are. There's a scripture in the Bible, several, but this one in particular, it used to aggravate me to no end. And I'll tell you which one it was. When Jesus cast the demons out of the man and they went into the pigs and the pigs, first, first mention we got a suicide in the Bible, by the way, first mention of devil ham too. They committed suicide, okay? And they, they drowned in, 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 in the water below. That scripture always bothered me. I said, God, why did you do that? That was somebody's livelihood. That was somebody's livelihood. Those pigs, I know the Jews didn't have anything to do with, but somebody made a living for that, and that took all of their living and was gone. That used to trouble me. And I meditated upon it, and I meditated upon it, and I meditated upon it, and I prayed about it and prayed about it, and the Lord's told me some things about it, I think. But it's one of those things I had to get ponder and ponder and ponder because there was a message there for me. And there might be things that God speaks to you so clearly, but we got to listen to that voice. I remember reading a story about a little girl one time. She went to school and she came back the first day and she asked her, her mother, I said, you learn anything? She said, no, I learned nothing. I go back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Well, that's the way learning comes, even the Bible. We read it today, we read it tomorrow, we practice it, we, we live it, we live it, we live it. Understanding comes from a little at a time over a lifetime. Did you hear me? Understanding comes with a little at a time over a lifetime of being in God's word. 
And I don't know about you, but every time I read God's word, an open heart and mind with an opening ear to listen, I can read the same passage again and again, but God can show me something new, something fresh, something I've never, ever seen before. I don't know about you, but if you're hearing the word and you're living that word, people take knowledge that we've been with the Lord as well. I don't know about you, but sometimes we get discouraged after we receive such a verse from the Bible. It speaks to us, and it seems like that maybe we reap a very small harvest from what we've, what we've been through. But I believe with all my heart, the tool to productive listening is staying in God's word, listening to his voice, staying in prayer, listening to his voice. I think thirdly, we need to have a listening heart. Remember what the book of James said, but the man who looks into the perfect mirror of God's law the law of liberty or freedom and makes a habit of doing so is not the man who sees and forgets. He puts that law into practice and he wins true happiness. We know that we're listening to God when what we read in the Bible is what other people see in our life. Can I say it again? We know that we're listening to God when what we read in the Bible is what other people sees in our life. Can you let that digest a moment? We know we're listening to God when what we read in the Bible is what other people see in our lives. That's being not just a hearer, but it's being a doer of the word. Maybe you heard the story about the not-so-bright not guy who was walking down the sidewalk and he saw a sign at a travel agency, cruises, $100. And he said, I've always wanted to go on a cruise. I love cruises, and I've got $100. So he walked in, and he said, hey, I'm interested in taking that cruise. And while he began to shell out the $100, somebody whacked him on the head and knocked him out cold. When he came to, he was floating down the river in a barrel. And while he was floating down the river in a barrel holding his head, another not-so-smart guy was floating beside of him, and he asked that not-so-smart guy, he said, hey, do they serve lunches on this cruise? He said, well, they didn't last year. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to know and learn from it. You hear me? It's one thing to know. It's another thing to know and to learn from it. Church, God wants to know his voice. Paul taught his readers to put into practice what they had learned from him. He said, as for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Let a man who hath ears, let a woman who hath ears hear the voice of God. We need a regular time of prayer and a time to pray. We all need our Bibles open and need to read it prayerfully and carefully and study it. And we all need an open heart to listen to God. How does God speak to you? Are you hearing? Are you listening? Our God is speaking today. Let God have you. Let God love you. And don't be surprised if your heart begins to hear things you never heard and your feet begin to take you in places you never knew you could go. Because, friend, it's a hoot when you begin to listen to God and obey but it takes faith. And what happens so many times, we get so caught up in just doing for God 
and we get so caught up in doing the same old thing day in and day out, we don't take the time to be holy, take the time to be still, and take the time to listen. I encourage you to listen. God has so much he wants to share. The Lord has, in these last few weeks, really, I think, been speaking to my heart about some things. Today, there was a young man that came by the office. I hadn't seen him in 10 years. I see him about once every 10 years. I went to Bible college with him. I get a call. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Oh, blah, 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 blah. You got a minute? I said, sure. Yeah, I'm in the parking lot. Can I come in? I said, sure. So he walks in. Two hours, he and I talked about the scriptures, about the things of God, what God was speaking to him, what God was speaking to me. And I didn't share anything personal, but he said, I've had you on my mind for two weeks, and I think I've got a word for you. And he began to prophesy, and the words that he said were confirmation of what God has been speaking. And it blessed my heart so much. I'm grateful that we serve a God that knows where we are, what we need, Amen. where we need to be, and how to get there. So church, let me encourage you. In this last day, the world needs a word. And it's not coming from the White House. It's not coming from any house. It should come from the church house where people are listening to the voice of God. Which is